everyone, welcome to She Can STEM. I'm here with Nicole. Nicole is an intern for NASA in the Solar Division. She has also worked as an undergraduate researcher in the Defect Lab as Arizona, at Arizona State University. She is a sophomore pursuing electrical engineering. Hi, Nicole. Thank you so much for joining me today. No problem. Um, can you tell us about what sparked your interest at, in the engineering field? So it's a kind of weird, long story um, that got me to where I am today. Basically, when I was little, I wanted to be a zoologist because I loved, loved animals like lions and tigers. Like, I wanted to be a zoologist or a veterinarian for them. And I know you're thinking, like, how does this connect? Um, but I really found an interest um, through the animals for the world and keeping the world safe for them specifically. And so it all kind of started, I think it was my fifth grade science fair, I decided to make a little um, project. And in this project, I took a fish tank and I separated it in half. And obviously there was a tons of things that I couldn't control, but I put, I made two environments, like mini earths, like you can say. And in one, I put dry ice and the other I just left regular and then I would measure the temperatures. Now this experiment was probably very flawed, but I ended up getting like second place in the science fair and I was like, okay, um, I wanna th think about how I'm gonna solve like global warming and like how I'm gonna contribute to making, um, to solving these world challenges. So then going forward, I was just kind of still in that like veterinarian zoology mindset. I was like, this is how I'm gonna help the world. This is what I'm gonna do. And so I continued on that path until about junior year of high school, I joined a robotics team and I ended up falling in love with it. Um, I just loved the energy and the passion around the room and how excited people were and like the feeling of happiness when you've been working on something for weeks and suddenly it works, like especially in a, the case of a robot and it was very visual to me. And so from there on, I was like, okay, I think I want to be an engineer. Like, I think I can, because before that, I hadn't been able to really see myself in that position because I didn't think I was smart enough, which I'll go into a little bit more later. And um, continuing forward, I had to choose my major for college at, in senior year. I was sitting there and I was like, well, maybe I'll go into environmental engineering. Like, that makes sense. That's how I'll help the world. But then I met some people in environmental and a lot of what they did was research on water, wastewater, and um, plant life and plant growth, which is amazing research. And I still think we need a ton of people to do that. But I knew I wanted to be in the energy sector because so much of pollution and global warming is due to fossil fuels. So that's where I chose electrical. And so that's kind of how I took this weird long road to get to my major. Oh, interesting. Um, what's it? Was there anything that encouraged you, discouraged you um, with your experience in robotics, with your experience in school and university? Um, I mean, there was definitely a lot of backlash. When I was in high school, I was like one of two or three girls on the team. And it didn't feel that bad because my boyfriend was on the team at the time, my friends were on the team, but obviously they were all guys. Um, so I didn't really have a lot of women mentors and women look, to look up to in STEM, which was kind of hard for me. And I think that's why a lot of young women struggle with seeing themselves in the STEM position is they don't really have somebody that's much older than them and being successful and seeing them in that career. But I did have a robotics mentor who was a woman and she was our engineering teacher and stuff. And she was 
the most amazing woman I've ever met. And I was, I met her and I was like, okay, I can do this. And she kind of pushed me forward. But I decided to start a girls robotics team during my time in robotics. And I got a lot of backlash for that. A lot of guys on the team were like, this doesn't even matter. Some girls on the team were like, oh, this is a bad idea. Like things like that, just because people didn't realize how bad the issue was. So being a woman in STEM, there's always going to be some sort of backlash because you're not really going towards the norm, but you can't let those comments like tear you down or anything. For sure, yeah. Um, if you had to make more interventions to encourage more girls at the elementary school, middle school level, like more interventions to help them join STEM, encourage them to join STEM, what would you do? So we did a little bit of that of my robotics team because that was really important to me was doing outreach. So we went to some middle schools and we showed them the different types of engineering and we showed girls how to use drills. We showed them how to do different coding stuff. And so that really helped, I think, to propel that forward. And I honestly think it's just using um, this platform like you're doing, social media, a lot of women engineers are taking to, and just having more resources to show women that they're not alone. Um, I run a TikTok page, it's at Engineering Nikki, and that's where I do a lot of my engineering stuff. And I've had a, so many girls reach out to me and um, talk to me through there and be like, wow, I thought it was only me because you're just in your university or your high school and you don't really get to see a lot of these people sometimes. And so that's really why I try and use my platforms to help educate and inspire other women. That's awesome. What would you say to the girls who are currently lacking role models and are looking into STEM but don't know what to do? Honestly, like I said before, Google, like TikTok, you go hashtag women in STEM, hashtag women in engineering, and tons of awesome, inspiring women will come up. And it's actually a wonderful community. Like I've actually reached out to so many of them and they're so kind and stuff. And then like still Instagram, like hashtag women in STEM, there's a ton of stuff on there. Um, and just looking for a mentor that fits you is really, really important. Um, just finding somebody that you can always confide in, that you can really look up to, that inspires you. And all my mentors to this day are really what have gotten me here and pushed me because whenever I've been down or I've felt the pressure and the heat from doing an engineering career, they've always said like, you're amazing, like you can do this and they're gonna push you forward. So just really using those platforms because a lot of women in STEM um, doing like a science communication Instagram or talking on podcasts, they want to help. So if you reach out to them like and message them, odds are they're gonna respond and they're gonna wanna help you. And I always respond to every DM I get, so. That's awesome. I know you responded to me. That was, that was <laughs> for me. Um, when you think of female role models in STEM, who's the what's the first name that comes to mind? Oh, that is a really awesome question. Okay, I think of I don't know if you know much about her. Her name. Let me double check her name really quick so I get it right. <laughs> so yeah, her name is Ada Lovelace. So she was actually, um, she died in 1852, and she was like one of the first mathematicians. And it's really cool to think about, like, and if you look at pictures of her, she's like dressed up in her like fancy garments and stuff that all these women had to wear. I'm sure she de dealt with so much, but um, 
part of her work is that she proposed like a general purpose computer. She talked about computers and analytics and data science, but she was also a writer, which I think is really cool because a lot of women in STEM and a lot of engineers in general today are switching towards less of only the tech side and moving into um, focusing on communication and being good communicators. And so I thought it was really cool that she had both those skills and she still like got to be a mathematician and inspired so many people in that time, I bet. So yeah, that's like my favorite woman in STEM, I guess. <laughs> no, I love that. I will definitely look her up. She sounds so cool. She is really awesome. <laughs> Um, what advice do you have for young girls who are considering entering the STEM field? Don't be putting yourself down and don't be afraid. I've had, I've had so many DMs of girls just saying like, what if I can't do it? What, what's going to happen? Like things like that. And it's like, that's what college is. College is not saying like whether you can or can't do, do it. It doesn't like determine your worth or anything, but you're exploring options and you're going to find what's best for you. And if you want to go into engineering and you're doubting yourself, um, I think you should just push forward. And if you don't like it, then switch. Like you, you need to be where you're passionate and that's ideally where all the work is going to come from. But I was never in high school in like the honors group. Like I did the honors classes and the AP classes um, and classes that were challenging, but I would always get like B's in them. Other than writing, like in math, I would get B's. Physics, I got B's, which is fine. Like, it's not the end of the world. But because of that, I was like, oh, well, I'm not a good test taker. Oh, well, I'm not as, um, like, good as all these people that just automatically get 90% because their brain just, like, works in that way. And for me, it takes a lot of studying and a lot of effort and a lot of hard work to get those same grades. But I'm willing to put in that hard work, if that makes sense. So you just have to realize that and not be too headstrong about it. Because when I entered college, I was like, well, like, I'm going to just like do this. And like, I don't need to study that much. These people are doing fine. And then when I started taking exams, I was like, oh my gosh, I need to put way more time into like writing up the steps of problems and looking deeper into why I'm solving this problem and finding how it relates to like real world applications and stuff, just because that's how my brain works. But you'll learn all that stuff in college. <laughs> no, I know what you mean, though, like loving a subject and then not being good at test taking. <laughs> I think a lot of us can relate to that. Um, so right now you're interning for NASA. Do you want to tell us about that experience? Yeah, it has been one of my best experiences of my entire life. So I would highly recommend to do a co-op. And I know that seems really daunting because you take off the semester of school. So it'd be during like a fall or a spring semester that you would take off school to go work at NASA. And you have to like move to another state. Well, in my case, I had to move to another state because I'm from Arizona. So I had to move to Ohio to do it. But it was amazing. Like it gives you the opportunity to save money and focus on yourself. And then also it was NASA, which is the biggest <laughs> thing. Like I would get paid nothing just to work at NASA. Um, so basically my projects there are in the solar lab. So we're working on looking at electromagnetic dust mitigation sorry, electrodynamic dust mitigation. So that's basically looking at 
how uh, solar panels can become self-cleaning because on the moon, one of the biggest problems with Apollo is the dust would stick to a lot of the astronaut suits, to the rover um, and things like that. And it can break a lot of things. And especially with solar panels, you're not gonna get any energy out of them if, you're, if they're covered in dust. So looking at how we can use um, electro embedded electrodes and um, currents to repel the dust off the solar panels themselves. So I've been doing research on that. I've worked on a couple projects um, that will be launching to the moon at some point. <laughs> um, and it's been really exciting. You meet a ton of people that are super ambitious. Like everyone here has worked super hard. And it's so funny because these people are the most humble people I've met. Everybody's like, I'm so dumb. Like, I don't know how I got this. And I'm like, we have all worked our butts off to get here. Like, <laughs> um, but everyone just, um, you're in that environment all together and it's an awesome experience. That's amazing. Would you say your confidence as a woman in STEM has gone up since you've taken on that experience? Yeah, like I had really bad imposter syndrome. I'm sure a lot of people have heard of that. It's basically the feeling of that I'm not good enough. And uh, I had that the semester before because I ended up having like some family issues and I ended up failing a class, which is my first class in college I've ever failed. And I was like, what if I'm not good enough? I'm going to show up. They're going to think I'm dumb. Like, I'm not going to know anything. And it went completely like 180. Like, it went amazing. They trusted in my abilities. And once I got there, I realized I knew a lot more than I thought I did um, because I worked at a solar lab at Arizona State University. And so a lot of the, there was a lot of similarities in like the machines um, and just like the setups of everything. So everything wasn't completely scary and it wasn't like I didn't know a lot, but I did do a lot of research and I put a lot of time into reading about my project, understanding, reaching out to other people to understand my project. But I definitely have 10 times more confident in my confidence in myself than I did when I started the internship. That's amazing. That's so inspiring. Um, so do you have any final messages for li listeners to the podcast? Yeah, I mean, basically, I kind of said it before, but you just can't give up on yourself. Like, like I said, you don't have to be the person that gets 100% on every exam. You don't have to be the person that their parent was an engineer and they've been groomed to be an engineer from birth. Like you don't have to be that person. You can come from a different background or different circumstances and you don't have to fit this weird mold. Cause even going into women in STEM, I was scared because I have like bleached blonde hair. I like to wear makeup. I like to wear heels. Like I'm a very girly person. And it was kind of hard for me because I was scared that I would be faced by adversity because because of that and there are situations still where i have been like discriminated against by professors or other people in the class but you just gotta know like there is no mold there's no specific person that you have to be there's no specific type of person you have to be and you can wear sweats if you want you can wear a dress if you want and it doesn't really matter you can do whatever you want <laughs> i love that you can do whatever you want Thank you so, so much for joining me, Nicole. This was amazing. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Yeah, feel free to reach out if you ever need anything. Like, I'm always here. <laughs> Sounds good. Thank you.